0: Find us on Twitter at SuperFlexShow, and join us in the discussion of the fastest-growing format in all of fantasy football, SuperFlex, on the SuperFlex Super Show.
1: Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds, all at once with the mask not adding up.
0: Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads, my name is Peter Howard at P.A. Howdy on Twitter This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts so, Sub to YouTube um, And once again I'm recording uh, the recording of Dynasty Crossroads in a meta kind of sense for YouTube So if you prefer to consume podcast media in that manner uh, Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube too Sometimes the cut's a little different because I don't know, I, I'm not great at editing I guess Um, In fact, you're starting to learn it. Now, this episode was and is several days late still, but um, the subject of it was going to be essentially value propositions based on Dynasty ADP and why and how someone would ever be tentative about drafting C.D. Lamb in the second round of a Dynasty startup. Um, I'm really thinking about ranges of outcomes um, and digging back down into... um, our uh, concern for safety in terms of long-term viability in Dynasty, or how many seasons we're going to get out of a player versus points, and where that threshold is for me, um, but also a way of developing a way of thinking about it for yourself, which might give you an edge and still not encourage you to lose too much um, value long-term. It's a difficult line to walk, but... Um, <clears throat> I have a way I think about it, um, and I thought it might be useful, but kind of saved from that in the sense that Cam Akers just had an Achilles injury and is going to miss the entirety of the 2021 season. Now, while I don't do a lot of injury reporting because I'm not a doctor and and we're not a redraft or specific season-focused podcast, we're more dynasty, more holistic and process-based, but there is an interesting process question that goes together with that value proposition of pe- taking players who are young and good early in the early rounds and um, with this injury because he is a sophomore running back who had a very very good rookie campaign in fact there are four running backs in the 2020 uh, class that finished inside the top 24 which is more than any other year I have on record according to the D- Dynasty League Football ADP and um, f- fewer in the top 12 than we've seen um, in the rookie year, but more in the top 24, um, and the, a lot of the conversation this offseason has been about which one or how all of them will break into the top 12, or essentially those are the breakout thresholds I use. Um, so what do we do with Cam Akers now? What do we do with Daryl Henderson now from a dynasty perspective? Um, just, you know, not, not to bury the lead, my initial way of thinking about it is I will sell Cam Akers now because they think his value is going to sustain anyway. But his value is going to be highest now and possibly um, when the news starts breaking that he is to return. That's a second chance um, of selling him. But right now, his value is going to have a hangover if people get used to the idea that Cam Akers isn't going to play in 2021 and start discussing the risk that he might not come back over the next few days, weeks. We'll be pretty set on it fairly soon. But if I'm in a league right now with Cam Akers on my roster in a dynasty league... He was literally yesterday valued as a first-round startup pick. Now, I I tend to think about um, the values of players through that lens. What round do they have to be selected? Um, And I've gotten into some interesting conversations on Twitter about how that's crazy or stupid because it's really about ranks and I have this guy ahead of that guy. But to me, I I know, that doesn't... Do the job for me. I want to think practically if I want this player on a startup, um, where do I have to draft him? And I have to draft Cam makers at the end of the first round. Start of the second because ADP has a slide, it has a sliding effect where some will take him mid first round, some will take him at the very start of the second round, and so there's a range there. But essentially, Akers cost a late first round pick. And so that lens of seeing his value for me is the best way of thinking about one. If I'm trading for or trading away players or picking players or not picking players, I like to think about it through the lens of what kind of overall round pick they cost. Now, I know trades throws some extra um, uh, complication to that because you can trade for multiple first round picks, for example. But at least that's where I like to begin. Right now, Akers won't be worth a a first-round startup pick. And so I think a lot of people will want to hold a very talented player who had an amazing rookie season, especially down the stretch last year, and who was set to be, consensus thought, he was going to break out um, again. Uh, And and again, the threshold I use for that is being a top-12 running back this year. He was literally being taken as RB7 after all the big names have been off the board, those who have already done it. Christian McCaffrey, Davin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor... And um, uh, Alvin Kamara and Derek Henry were the only ones um, going ahead of him um, in startup ADP as per you know th- this month. I just updated for July ADP. So that was July ADP and who's been taken right at pick eight with DK Metcalf being the only wide receiver taken before um, or, or in the top eight uh, at all um, and before Cam Akers. So, yeah, the market was real high on him. We were real high on him. I was starting and had been this offseason making the case that, that at that price, that my risk tolerance was not that high for a sophomore running back who could hit the top 12 and therefore pay off and could not hit the top 12 and therefore be a disappointment, and having only seen a few games where he really broke out, mainly because while it's very intuitive, um, and makes a lot of sense when you look at the workload throughout the season last year, that Cam Akers broke into that workload late in the season. And through those games, he was a top 12 running back. He was spectacular. But um, where it's essentially a split take, I wasn't as convinced, even with all the coach speak flying around about it and um, calling him her, what was it, a, a war dog? that was one, and um, that the split we saw at the end of last season would be the norm going forward. I could easily see Darrell Henderson playing a Kareem Hunt type role in that backfield. He wouldn't share the job like he did essentially in, a, in a, an, an even split, a 33 to 34% workload. I think it was an opportunity score based on my numbers, although I calculate that slightly differently to some people. Um, like the FS Space Man, he, Martin, his numbers always disagree slightly, but that's neither here nor there. They're essentially splitting the role if you look at the whole season. And I thought in 2021 there was a chance that Henderson was at least playing a Cream Hunt level role in that offense. Now that wouldn't mean that Cam Akers can't be a top 12 running back. Nick Chubb has been a top 12 running back the last two years, by the way. But it would mean um, that there was a there was a ceiling um, to Cam Akers top 12 potential breakout that he could get most of the work and not be a top 12 or all of the work with um daryl henderson playing the spoiler role and keep him at the bottom of that 12 which means that he would have paid off but there was no extra value in that and where i'm typically looking for more points than expected with most of my draft picks search for upside pretty much with every pick Cam has represented a very safe floor pick, in my opinion, but there was still risk in that because, again, we'd only seen it through a few games at the end of the last season, and you don't know if that's going to really break out into the full workload because there's really no research to suggest that's what happens when this situation happens. It's, it does make intuitive sense, though. So, um, or, uh, Darrell Henderson can play spoiler and and just make the bet pay off or it could fail and my risk tolerance wasn't that high for Cam Akers when I could take Justin Jefferson with that pick I can take AJ Brown with that pick which has dynasty value and I'm a lot more certain those guys are top 12 wide receivers than Cam Akers was a top 12 running back now Cam Akers running back points mean more and they count more but um, there are other guys who I think are going to finish in the top 12 that are going later, and so that was kind of how I was playing Cam Akers. Happy to take him there, and on Twitter we started playing this game, it's really about how many times out of 10. Um, out of 10 drafts, i probably take Cam Akers right there at the 8th pick 3 out of 10 times, and that puts me below market, and this is why I was thinking about C.D. Lamb as well like I really want C.D. Lamb on my squad in the second round of a startup I want those future years he's an amazing player, I literally have no questions, but I don't think he's going to break out this year, which I think is that means that his value is more likely to fall in terms of overall startup ADP, and um, Now, the value of that is that he will still be a top 24 wide receiver and highly valued. I mean, DJ Moore is drafted uh, two rounds below him. And I'm very happy to have DJ Moore on my squad. But last year, DJ Moore was being drafted in the third round. And so there's a value drop. It doesn't necessarily mean they're easy to trade, which is why I would take C.D. Lamb a significant number of times out of 10 in that third round, because it's probably not going to, in that second round, it's probably not going to be easier to trade for him next year. Try trading for DJ Moore now. He's still very highly valued because he's been amazing, but he didn't really pay off in that top 12 bet. And so there's this weird, um, not weird, this very uh, repeatable and continued um, exercise in Dynasty, of making a bet on production but also trying to solidify or secure your value moving forward because you need to be able to turn your roster effectively that's basically building a dynasty so what does that mean with cam Akers and dara henderson instead of going into it with cd lamb as i was planning to essentially i will sell cam Akers now because i think his value is going to be insulated his being drafted in that eighth overall pick startup adp and people are still gonna know that's who he is and he should be back later but um i asked around and there is a there is uh, already re- research out on this um, and uh, chris raybone sent me this one i think it was chris raybone um someone in my group thread who who's in my group thread it was definitely chris right i gotta source this now Chris Allen. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. Too many Chris's in this world. Um, Yeah, Chris Allen still contributing for 4 for 4 in one of our group chats. He sent me um, this tweet by Chris Paul Towers, who works for CBS, doing the history of running backs who have had Achilles injuries. Now, I know Achilles injuries tend to be career killers, but they are fairly rare. Now, Looking at what Chris Towers, and that's at C Towers CBS, I'll put the link to the tweet in the description of the podcast and the video, and looking at what he actually pulled up, um, there have been no successful comebacks from an Achilles injury. So that's going to be part of the conversation with Cam Akers. However, it's now 2020. Marlon Mack had an Achilles injury last year, and we don't know how he's going to return. Before that, it was Isaiah Crowell in 2019, who was never as good as Cam Akers. <laughs> or Marlon Mack for that matter, but he was a good player in the league. It was later into his career, and this is kind of what I'm seeing with this list. There's no all-stars on this list that we have a decent history of that teams and financially would be willing to throw, you know, the I'm sure they got perfectly fine medical care, but I also do know money, And has a large effect on the type of medical care you might have access to, whether we like it or not. And also, if we look for a stud on this list, it is the stud of all time for my money, and that's Arian Foster in 2015. The result, according to... um, Uh, It's another Chris from CBS's uh, uh, tweet here says that Arian Foster's result the following year was that it was cut mid-season and that was the end of his career. Um, Well, the end of his football career. He actually has a pretty healthy uh, online presence career, but that's neither here nor there. Um, So there is a history of good players having this injury and not coming back. But that's in 2015. I am not a doctor, but I would imagine since 2015, there could have been advances. I'm going to be listening and learning about that with you all uh, as the various PTs and doctors in our community start spitting facts about it. But that's where I'm at. That's what I know. This is normally a career ender. The last player to have it happen to them before Cam Akers was Marlon Mack, and we haven't seen the result. The only studs on the list that have had this injury and then not come back or failed to come back in their previous form, happened at least five, six years ago, so is there some hope? By the way, Brandon Oliver's also on this list. He was out of the league the following year after his Achilles injury. He was significantly good, but again, he wasn't Aaron Foster, he wasn't Cam Akers. All right. So that tweet and also the history of it is worth checking out. So why would I be selling Caremakers when I said, you know, maybe there's more hope this year that a player of this caliber with this much team investment and interest in and hopefully um, the financial uh, ability to get him the best possible care won't come back? Well, it's not so much that it will or it won't. I am not. Um, a talent evaluator although I do try and evaluate rookie profiles um, and how good players are in the NFL ultimately I trust my evaluation of talent worse um, than most things so what I end up doing is playing the market and making reasonable bets based on what has happened before what I think is more likely to happen in the future so I think having experienced running back injuries before, there's going to be a hangover on Cam Aker's ADP. Um, And then it will dip um, as time progresses, as he's recovering. There'll be various news stories and tweets, and hopefully at some point we'll see him working out, um, and there'll be... A hype bubble but maybe not a value bubble around then and it's only really when we get back to him maybe getting on the field in a year maybe I don't even know how long the surgery takes Marlon Mack is set to play this year so presumably you can get back the following season although definitely not this season um, there will be a slight increase in value then, but our risk tolerance will have changed by then, especially since it's a third year running back. We've seen 2021 and maybe, I don't know, maybe Dara Henderson played well enough or they draft someone else or there's bad injury news. So the the probability is that his value drops from here on out but does maintain value, and he'll be a better buy later. Whereas right now, you're more likely to get most of his value back. Now, on the opposite side, you've got Darrell Henderson. Um, I think his upside is a top 24 running back, and that's not necessarily shade, because we need top 24 running back points. Kareem Hunt... Is a top 24 running back. And um, so was Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis last year. So was Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year, and he got to play the full season with first round draft capital on the Kansas City Chiefs. Top 24 running backs isn't a bad thing. But I do not think he has the ceiling that Cam Akers likely had going into 2021. And I don't think anyone's going to view him as having the ceiling of Cam Akers in 2021. But the other thing I know, just having played Dynasty a while and fantasy football for a while, and you probably know this too, is that in season, trading a first for points becomes kind of the capital of the season. I'm trying to win. I need a running back over the next few weeks or to really push for the finish. Here's a first for that start of this year. That could well be Daryl Henderson this year, in the same way that it was Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis last year. Now, again, it depends on your league and who you're playing with, but I think Henderson's value is more likely to have to increase or have solid value in season this year. Now, while I would trade Daryl Henderson right now for a first, I also want those top 24 running back points, and I'm pretty sure his value is going to be easier to trade in season. Um, and if I, again, if I can trade him for a first round pick at any point, I'm probably doing it even at this point. But I think you're less likely to get Daryl Henderson first money right now because, again, the hangover of Cam Akers ADP and that people aren't as interested in production on a week-to-week basis right now as they will be once we start the season. So I'm holding Daryl Henderson right now and I'm selling Cam Akers. And then when we get in season, it will be the opposite and then once we get more news and see more, we'll just I'll decide if I want to try and go get more Cam makers It depends if his value does increase when it gets likely to him coming back on the field. Or if Daryl Henderson just runs away with that job and has a much higher floor than I, uh, a ceiling than I'm imagining right now. Or maybe they draft someone. We'll have to see what to do with their value then. Um, But again, that's the dynasty play in my mind. To sell cam acres now, this week, before the dynasty market really solidifies on the fact this is going to be a hold of a spot. Now, one of Adam Hampstead's heuristics that he uses is buy injured. Now I don't know exactly what he, in what context he means, and I think there'll be a lot of that going on in our little community right now. Buy Cam Akers. Don't forget he's a top twelve running back, and I think that's very solid advice, and definitely a move you could choose to make if your risk tolerance is different. But what, again, what I'm expecting is that his value will dip in season, and probably next off season into next off season, while we wait to get more positive news. And then, honestly, it's kind of a guess whether the market will jump him back up to this first round ADP or just give him a hedge bet like J.K. Dobbins or Joe Mixon is right now in the third round. Now, again, draft round or startup ADP doesn't directly correlate to values. So depending on what people think in your league and also what you think and where your risk tolerance is, that changes everything. But I think nine times out of ten, that's where my risk tolerance is. Cam Akers drops in value from this point on. So if I can sell him pretty soon, I think I'm getting the most of that first round pick value he's currently or was currently being drafted at right now. I think this is the best window for me to get the most of that back. And then I could even try to buy Cam Akers later because, I again, nine times out of ten, I think that's the value arc of Cam Akers or an injured running back. And honestly, despite what I said about the positive possibility of the improvement in Cam Akers recovery, in Achilles injuries recoveries, I don't know about that. I'm honest, Honestly, I have no idea. I've only ever seen an Achilles injury end players' careers and them never come back fully. That's just the hope I have that maybe this level of player, because outside of Arian Foster, I didn't see another one in recent history that was anywhere near the potential upside um, of Cam Akers, um, could mean or could spell more hope for him. Or maybe Marlon Mack plays this year And he does well enough that people don't drop their Cam Akers value too much. Either way, even if that were to happen, I think Cam Akers value right now is probably higher than it will be in season, even if the trade value remains equal and doesn't actually dip in season and towards uh, next off season. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm selling Cam Akers. I will look to buy him later if the value drops significantly enough, depending on what news comes out and how things play out in 2021. And I'm holding Daryl Henderson until he he gets some production, and I think he'll be easier to sell and have a higher value in-season. Having said that, I might not want to sell Daryl Henderson in-season because I'm the one who's winning and trying to push to the end. If you're in that situation, however, I would strongly suggest... like, can, like Even if Daryl Henderson's breaking my expectations and is putting up top 12 weeks, I would strongly consider trading him in-season even if I'm the team that's winning. Because... Again, in the same way that I love undrafted free agents, but I have to admit their value is more likely to drop and teams are more likely to stop allowing them the chance to earn their opportunity at best... And um, It's the same with players like Daryl Henderson. He's the Trey Mason of this group. He is, well, looking back at that list, he's a Brandon Oliver of the group, a guy who plays well, earns more opportunity, and is a potential value based on where we were drafting him before the season. But then after it, his value shoots up above where it probably is going to remain because of his production. So even if Daryl Henderson plays better, in season than I'm expecting, and I'm the one winning. I'm probably always going to have an eye to sell Dara Henderson for a first-round value. I'm not going to sell him below that because those points have, um, again. Uh, a lot of value in season. Um, I value him in this 4-7 to seven range. The RB dead zone, actually, with uh, uh, with Trey Sermon, Miles Gaskin, Kareem Hunt, um, Michael Carter. They're all going in that range. They're not players I draft, but it's where I'm going to think of um, Dara Henderson's value right now. Before this injury, and in July ADP, his draft round was 11, by the way. He's been taken in the 11th round below... The likes of Kareem Hunt, which is why I was kind of arguing for him having a larger share of this offense if Cam Akers stayed healthy, because I thought his upside and reasonable expectation would for him to have a similar role to a Kareem Hunt, although obviously not being Kareem Hunt, and therefore he was being drafted below expectation, like we think James Robinson is Hope, we're hoping James Robertson has this year. He's also going in that range four to seven range, because we think he's going to share more apparently of that backfield with ETN than most running back twos on their team. Again, that's a that probably builds into a lot why the RB dead zone is around four to seven because we're making a lot of these. They'll have a larger role, but those top 24 running back points are probably worth a little less. So when you find someone like Dara Henderson, who has that likely role, in my opinion, being drafted outside of it, those tend to be the value running backs I look for and 0RB candidates I start um, being interested in. But I'm sliding off the topic slightly. So again, I'm not encouraging you to do exactly what I would do with Akers and Daryl Henderson. But I do think thinking about it in these terms, it takes it out of how good is Daryl Henderson and how good is Cam Akers. It takes it out of having to be a doctor and instead just think about what's the likely path for these two players moving forward. If you think Daryl Henderson has a lot more upside than that, you're probably going to choose a different plan of action. That's where your risk tolerance is for Daryl Henderson's value right now compared to what it should be in your opinion later. Right now, I think his value is going to be even higher in season because I think most of us are going to be saying, accurately so, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are different. Cam Akers has a higher ceiling. Darrow Henderson isn't Cam Akers, don't buy top 24 running backs, which is perfectly true when they're valued in this 4-7 to seven range. Daryl Henderson has been valued outside of that right now, and I think so I think that counter-reaction is actually gonna hold his value down too low. I think it's gonna keep him outside of that, you know, potential first-round pick value range of James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, and those type of running backs. But I think in season, when we see that, you know, volume matters at running back, and he's probably gonna get the majority of volume in that backfield, not what Cam Akers would have got, and not play with it as well as Cam Akers would have played but he's still going to likely get that volume and be putting up top 24 weeks. And so his value will rise into this range in terms of startup ADP and you might be able to net a little bit more in trade um, in season. But again, your mileage may vary. If in your league right now someone's offering me a first for Daryl Henderson, I'm selling. Um, Even though I want those top 24 running back points because there are others. Again, that's a problem with top 24 running backs and not top twelve. Alright, um, that's all I have to say on this subject, other than I hate this, uh, we're ghoulish, and I hate being this ghoulish, and despite, you know, my risk tolerance or whatever I said it was, not being high enough to take Cam Akers where it was being taken, I was really looking forward to seeing him play this year, I honestly expected him to be, to pay off, in that he would be a top 12 running back, or perform so well people would have been feeling pretty good about taking him where he was drafted. He was excellent in his rookie year. He had a great college profile. This injury is horrendous. And and I, I hate... I'm a player fan, not a team fan. So that's where this hits home for me. And, like, this guy's done everything he should have done. He's living his dream and this happens. This is awful. And so... You know, I hate to talk about the value in Dynasty, but I'm separating it out from the player. The player and um, the person. We're talking about stat- statistical lines um, that we claim in a fictional game. And um, the player himself has been excellent. He's always been excellent. And I hate this. And um, I really hope to see him back on the field at some point. Again, that's why I look at that injury history. I'm like, ah, it's been a while since a guy this good had this injury. And as much as I like Marlon Mack. Or have liked Marlon Mack at his value. And as a player um, in the NFL. Like, Cam Akers was was a horse of a different color. Yeah. I think that's how you say that one. Um, and I'm really hoping uh, that he can come back. And again, I don't even have full. We don't have full details of the injury. If it's as bad as any of these past injuries. Um, or I haven't read it yet. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm really going to be looking for positive news because I, I hope this works out well for him because he certainly earned it. And um, yeah, I just I want players to do well and uh, succeed. So yeah, that all sucks. But let's move on. Um, anyway, that's it for this week. Thanks for checking out the Dynasty Crossroads. Sorry it's a few weeks late again, but... I. Uh, no sub sub to patreon like get me more time off work so that i can you know not get behind schedule if you don't already or like the video leave the podcast review any of those things that you're meant to do or the other podcasts remind you of it so i'm assuming i don't have to um really appreciate you checking it out i'll talk to you again next week it was meant to be with nate hamilton um unfortunately he couldn't make the interview this week so i'll look to reschedule so hopefully i have a guest next week but it might not be nate um but hopefully he'll be on the podcast soon enough Um anyway thanks again i'll talk to you again next week bye
1: yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player phone, so Jake on the table and Ape on the plate, no. though. Deed enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Pickin all of these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Jig out that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds so. Jake on the table and on the play though. Pete it's the Plays they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So Jake on the table and on the play though. Pete and it's the Plays they're analytical.